Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the La Piedra podcast. I'm Sean Woolley, Managing Director of Cloud9 Spain. We're a, a real estate company based in the Costa del Sol. And with me, as always, I have Mark Stucklin from Spanish Property Insight. Mark is the, the guy who has all the data. So he is the man to go to to find out what's been happening in the market, where the market is, is positioned at the moment. And when he gets his crystal ball out, maybe he can see into the future and give us a, a little handle on where he sees the market heading. So we, we look at this from, from two angles, really. We're, we're helping people who are maybe considering buying or selling a property in Spain uh, to make an informed decision based on fact, uh, not speculation. And also we're coming at it from two different angles, Mark from the from the data angle, and I'm from the sort of boots on the ground, what I sense is happening, albeit I'm in a little bit of a micro market here in, uh, here in Marbella. Um, Mark, we're going to talk today about mortgages, which is a topic, I guess, that many, if not most, uh, buying clients are going to be interested in. You know, nobody wants to use their own money if they can possibly get away with it to uh, to buy a buy a property. Although we do get a lot of cash buyers, but let's let's talk about where we where we are. I'll start by just giving a little bit of kind of history on on mortgages um, in 2022. We're recording this just at the end of the uh, the end of April, beginning of May. So in 2022, there was a, an increase in mortgages uh, written in the whole of Spain. Uh, of 11.2% as opposed to the year before. So there were 463,000 mortgages granted in Spain. Um, That's over 100,000 more mortgages granted last year than before the pandemic in 2019. And for those who might be scaremongering, this is a far cry from the the whopping 1.3 million mortgages written at the peak in 2006, just before the bubble went pop. So there's no repeat of that. Interestingly, 6.8% of mortgages in 2022 were to non-residents. The leading foreign markets, there's two markets within the non-resident market. There's the people who who live here, people like Romania, Morocco, um, but Apart from them, the leading foreign markets were the UK, Germany, France, Netherlands, Sweden, Ukraine, and Poland. The Belgians were lower than expected. In fact, more mortgages were granted to Venezuelans than to Belgians, which is an interesting little little throwaway stat. But interestingly, I had a chat with my Belgian colleague, and she said the Belgians just don't do mortgages. You know, she said it's just a, a, a not in their thinking most of the time. In terms of getting this down, the average loan size to non-residents. 171,000. So that's the, that was the average mortgage, although that's likely to be higher again for the kind of true uh, overseas buyers rather than the, the people who are already living here. And the average loan size to residents was 143,000. So these are, yeah, you can kind of work this out fairly typical. Interestingly, the average mortgage in uh, Andalusia as a whole was just under 200,000 euros, whereas in Mallorca, that shot up to 370,000. Um, so although there were far fewer mortgages granted in the Balearics as opposed to Andalusia, the mortgage value uh, tended to be tended to be much higher. The Swedish buyers were the ones who grabbed the most money. They uh, had an average mortgage of 340,000. The USA buyers were just behind that at 335, I assume, because that helped them get over the golden visa threshold. And the UK buyer average mortgage was uh, falling back to 230,000 euros. So that's just some some kind of throwaway figures really um, on last year's mortgages and who was who was using them, who wasn't. 
Mark, what's been happening since then? Yeah, okay, so the very latest data. So that was, I think you were quoting from the registrars. Yes. And now we'll look at the notaries because the registrars, there's a longer process between purchase and inscription in the land registry. It takes about a month or, or up to three. So there's always a lag between the registrars' data, uh, the notaries and the registrars. And they, they're kind of better at different things. You get more detail from the registrars on things like mortgage lending per nationality, but you get more detail from the notaries on things like purchase per, purchase per, per region and spending per nationality. So you've got to use them both. Anyway, the, 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 the latest data is from the notaries, and this is just mortgage data. It's not, a, doesn't break down by nationality. They don't do that on their monthly data. They only do this in the, that in a half yearly report. Anyway, so we know that, so mortgage volumes, new mortgage lending volumes were down 24% in February. That's the sixth consecutive monthly decline. It's a clear downward trend. Is that 24% uh, year on year, or is that from January to February? No. Year on year, so okay. this February compared to February last year, okay, and that annualized decline has uh, this sort of year on year has been going down for six months. This is inevitable. I mean, we all saw there was a uh, there was an amazing recovery after the pandemic and a post pandemic boom went on, but they, they can't go on forever. You know, there's not uh, they're unsustainable. At some point, they have to cool. They cool down and sales and mortgage rates are all still quite uh, near all-time highs but they're just not as growing compared to last year as they as fast as they were um, so that's encouraging because you can't you know you can't carry on growing at that kind of breakneck speed forever mm -hmm. and so what we needed was a type of a slowdown and a consolidation but you don't what you don't want is a you know a, a, a downturn or recession so we'll have to see where we're going but so far the mortgage, the mortgage lending is down 24% this february compared to last february and the sim and i think at andalusia it was down 25% so in pretty much all of the latest mortgage data andalusia which is your territory is reflecting the national average mm -hmm. in values they were down so this is the average loan value um, of a new mortgage, they were down 7% in February to 144,000 and 7% in Andalusia. Although, funnily enough, in, in the Valentian region, it was up 9%. Valentian region seems to be the region that's kind of bucking the trends to, to, mm. to a certain extent, but anyway. And that was the, so in terms of values, it's the second consecutive months in de of declining value since the 2020s, since the early days of the pandemic. Eurobor, Eurobor is the base rate that's typically used in most Spanish mortgages to carry, to calculate monthly repayments. And Eurobor in April, so the average for Eurobor in April was, we're just second of May now, was 3.757, which is up, 17,791%. <laughs> Don't get alarmed by that large increase. People are thinking my mortgage payments have increased 17,000. No, it's because back in February 2021, 22, mortgage Eurobor was 0.021%. It was almost zero. And now it's 3.757. It's a massive increase, but only because the base is so insignificant. Uh, but what it does mean is that the average mortgage of, uh, let's say, 120,000 euros at 20 years is going to be up about 200 euros a month uh, in, in repayments. So that, you know, it is part of the rising cost of living story. And mm -hmm. people have to factor that in and, and they everyone making them each individual 
making their decisions in their own in best interest. That's where you see things like it's helping to bring down, um, the, it's reducing mortgage lending. Mm. Um, and I think just one last thing before we get onto, you know, what does it mean? What, how are you seeing it on the ground? What are your clients doing? How is it affecting the market? Just to note that the new mortgages, you can either take a fixed mortgage or a variable mortgage. And it used to be variable mortgage, variable rate mortgages were much more popular than fixed rate mortgages. But that hasn't been the case for a few years now. And in, the, in February, fixed rate mortgages, you know, all I've got mortgages at 30 years at fixed at a fixed rate, you can get them for lower, uh, smaller, uh, shorter periods of time. But if you're going to take a mortgage, it's good to have, if possible, the longest period of time. So you just have, you know, my entire mortgage lifespan is fixed and I don't have any uncertainty on what they call interest rate risk, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's completely um, visible to me from now through, through to the end of the mortgage. And so the fixed rates worth 65.7% of all new mortgages in February and variables were 34.3 so it's sort of 65 35 35 in favor of fixed rates and their fixed rate mortgage which is good because they bring a lot of stability to the market because the borrowers don't they know what they're going to be paying today and in 10 years or for whatever the fixed rate seems to go for and i don't know maybe we'll, we'll get to this but in the uk there seem to be fixed rates that are done for a couple of years three years and then they turn to variable um, so you get the benefit of some maybe they're just cheaper it looks like a better deal for you today the later, but I would always go for the longest fixed period time possible. And then finally, the rates, the average mortgage rates for fixed uh, mortgages in February were, so this is the average interest rate for a new mortgage was 2.96% and for a variable was 2.7%. So variables are always, should be cheaper because you're, you're getting a, uh, you're taking a risk, you're, you're exposed to an ex into a, a interest mm. rate risk. And so that's why you get a cheaper rate in the in the short term. But of course, if rates go up above what you could have got on the fixed rate, then you're out of the money. The spread was only 26 basis points, which is tiny. I mean, mm. you'd be insane not to take a fixed rate at that such a small spread between the cost of a variable and a fixed rate mortgage. So that's the overall picture, Sean. What's going on with your clients? I mean, the what, what the most interesting is how does this translate into people buying? and financing their purchases. You know, it's, it's really interesting, and I'm a little bit jealous of you, Mark, because I'm on a, I'm on a variable mortgage, variable rate <laughs> mortgage, and uh, my mortgage rate has just shot up literally uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I was kind of scrabbling around for the terms and conditions, and, of course, yeah, there, you know, there it is. Mm. So I had a little period of, you know, an initial grace period on a fixed rate, and then it just... Well, um, in Spain, was that hit yeah. your mortgage in Spain? How yeah. long was your fixed period? I, I think it was just a year or 18 months, okay. so it, okay. it, it wasn't long at all. And, um, okay. of course, at the time I took it, interest rates were exceptionally low, and everyone thought, ah, they're never going to rise, and everyone's... So, yeah. <laughs> I get it, and and you're right. What you say, that's you know, if 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 the variable is two point seven and the fixed is three point seven, then there's a decision to make. But when they're so yeah. closely aligned, where you two point seven as opposed to two point nine six, you know, you're absolutely right. For that that extra little bit, you might as well just take a hit and and be happy with what you've got. Um, exactly. It's 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 very interesting, and it's a debate that I'm sure every client has with with well, with us certainly, and also with their mortgage broker or their bank, as to which way to head with it. But uh, we are. Let me, let me just say, you know, these are the figures published by the notaries. You might not get this kind of a choice yeah. in the real yeah. world. This is like the averages of twenty thousand mortgage new mortgages, and there's all sorts of 
variables, you know, reasons why people, I don't think you're, everyone's going to go to the bank and get offered, oh yeah, you can borrow for 30 years, it depends on your age, depends on your credit profile, depends on a whole range of things, but nevertheless, that's the overall picture. Yeah, it, it's interesting because obviously, like we've always said, within a market, like this mortgage market, there's mini markets, if you like, mm-hmm. and it depends if you're a resident or a non-resident, because residents sure. tend to get better, longer-term deals, but you know, it, also banks are reluctant to lend to people from certain countries or yeah. with certain currencies. So there's a whole load of, of, of little things going on there in the, uh, in, 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 the whole of the, uh, in the whole of the market. I think what's interesting for us is that we've just had our first quarter, well, the first four months of the year, and it's been on paper, it's been the best four months, well, the best first four months of the year that we've ever had. Better than 2021, which was our, our best year ever. So we are, if things keep going, like as they have done for the first four months into the, into the rest of the year, then we should have pretty close to our best year ever. So we're not noticing the effect of that a little, uh, you know, as, as, as much as maybe I, I thought we would. I'm guessing that's because we are operating in a bit of a, a micro market here in Marbella. It's a little bit of a bubble because it attracts probably a disproportionate amount of wealth. And obviously the wealthier you are, the less you tend to rely on finance because you have oodles of cash. That's, that's, the, uh, that's supposed, to how it, supposed mm. to be how it works. Well, you just have more options, don't you? It's just easier. To... You, you do. So. And, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, particularly at the really high end of the market, uh, the market there's, there's people who are getting mortgages from private banks and stuff like that, which, of course, probably wouldn't be. Um, or, or, or would they be reported? I don't know. Uh, would they be reported at the notary, with the notary level? Yeah. You'd, you'd expect is... so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you'd want the, the bank would want to be on the deeds as the, as yeah. the, as the, the, as the charge holder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I think um, that's a very, very tiny piece of the market anyway. But we're, yeah, so we're not noticing any, any distress in the, in the market. What we're noticing, as has always been the case with us, because our average sale here on the Costa del Sol is probably between 800,000 and a million. So we do stuff pretty much from three, four, five, 500,000 upwards. And so we've got a split, probably 50-50 split of people who buy with cash and people who, who need a mortgage. And, and that's always been the case with us. Uh, so we're not, mm-hmm. we're not totally reliant on the mortgage market. Like I said, you know, the Belgians don't tend to go for mortgages unless they really need them. So again, it's, it's people's different cultures, how they, how they want to, to use their own money and whether they, they believe that... The Germans are not value. keen, and uh, Germans and Swiss are not keen on mortgages either. No. Um, I mean, they, I, it seems, I think that the latest, you know, they, they've been getting more, uh, less averse to mortgage financing over the years. But in Germany, you know, they're, they're like cash buyers and yeah. they prefer cash. Yeah. And the interesting thing is as well that obviously we mentioned Andalusia being being my patch. It's not really. Mm-hmm. There's, again, lots of different markets going on within the, the whole Andalusia region. Marbella mm-hmm. and the Costa del Sol is one of them. It's the California of Europe. So it probably has its own its own forces, its own um, supply and demand issues. Whereas you go into maybe a, a more kind of resident uh, local market in Malaga or Granada or Seville and the conditions are completely different because you've got a different profile of buyer. It's more domestic. Um, it's probably lower, lower end. Um, and obviously there are different pressure points on those types of buyers than there are on the, on the wealthy. Let's be absolutely honest. You know, we're living in a capitalist society and, you know, sometimes when there are headwinds against us economically, the rich get rich and the, you know, richer and the poor get poorer. That, that tends mm-hmm. to be how it, how, how it works. So, 
it's it's interesting to you know to hear these figures and to get these figures. I think they can be interpreted in lots of different ways. What I think the important message from from me, and this isn't fictitious, is that the market is still moving apace here. We're noticing in terms of pricing, we're noticing a little drop in in some instances. I'm not seeing alerts for properties with a price increase. I'm seeing mm-hmm. just just a few dropping off, maybe from the uh, the post-COVID uh, kind of boom period when everyone got a little bit excited about the market and the pricing. We're noticing it's just, just coming down to a, a more natural level. But then, of course, I was having this debate with a client this morning. Um, of course, when you're talking about a specific area like Marbella's Golden Mile or anything beachfront on the Costa del Sol, you know, they're not making any more beach. So mm. it means that the, the value of the stock in certain areas is always likely to be very buoyant because there's a... A, a, a minimal amount of supply and a lot of demand for those areas. So, you know, uh, this is where it's fascinating because there are literally so many little micro elements going on uh, within mm-hmm. all these all these markets. And this is where I think it's great to have the figures. It's great to have the national figures and then the regional figures because they give you an idea of what's going on. But I think when you're dealing with a predominantly a second home market, as we are in Marbella, and a, a, a sort of micro market, as in the California of Europe, it's very hard to interpret those general figures for this market. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, there's, there's some seg- well, there's some areas where the figures, the national figures, the overall story is more relevant because yes. they're more they're more plugged into the national story. But like you say, Marbella is not is is like it's like a bubble, and it has its own dynamics, and you have a lot of um, even in a even in a recession or a downturn, if you have very diversified international demand, you know, there's just more buyers around than other markets and other segments. And they're cash buyers. They got other, they don't, they're not so reliant on mortgage financing. So yeah, in Marbella, you really have your own little world and that's, and that's great. It makes it, it makes it certainly more uh, insulated yeah. and, and insured against, uh, although it wasn't, you know, let's be honest when, when the big crash happened of 2007, 8, 9, and it kind of yep. bottomed out into that, there were some fantastic opportunities in that because even though Marbella hadn't changed, there was a sense of, oh, yeah, Spanish real estate is all toxic now. Just don't go near it. It doesn't mm. matter. Mm. And there were fantastic opportunities in Marbella and also people who had borrowed too much and were in difficulty and had to, uh, they were in distress and they had to, even wealthy people, because it was quite a unique yeah. um, yes. situation. But that's not going to, doesn't look like that's good. There's certainly we're nowhere near that today for a bunch of reasons. I mean, let alone mortgage lending is the, the criteria and the, the credit requirements the banks are very very um careful who they lend to and getting more careful by the way because this government's putting all sorts of conditions on the banks they have to i mean one the the hard left coalition junior junior partner in the coalition they're trying to force the banks well they've made it a, a proposal which has been um rebuffed by their socialists but to try and make all variable rate mortgages fixed which is mm. just like you know bailing out it's rewarding variable rate borrowers at the expense of uh, fixed borrowers and and lenders and it's a moral hazard on a massive scale but anyway it's not being entertained in this case um, we have to talk about the housing law and maybe in in the next um, discussion because although it doesn't have much relevance i don't think to marbella and to the the, the foreign market it does have a broader way it's going to in, in kind of impact the the, the the housing sector in spain anyway to get back to 
to the the mortgage uh, and the, the fact that you know this time round there's there, there's no the lending is much more reduced house building is extremely uh, reduced still we're nowhere near bubble territory so there won't be the kind of opportunities i bought property in the uh, you know when the when the um the problems came in 2007, 2008. I saw an opportunity. I bought some property, but I've also bought, bought property in the last 12 months here in, uh, in the Costa del Sol because I, I sensed an opportunity with a, with a couple of little things purely from, in, from an investment point of view. And I think what's, what's encouraging for me with regards to the, the debtedness, the indebtedness, is, is that you know, banks, as you said, are much more ruthless if you like in terms of their qualification procedure the amount of information required before they before they offer to lend uh, to lend their money and also what's interesting is the the fact that the fixed rate market is 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 what's 66 percent of the of, 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 of the market and that's that's reassuring i think because if anyone's looking for for evidence of bubble territory and boom and bust and stuff like that i think that's 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 good to see because it means that people can manage their cash flow because as you said you know the yeah, the problem is, and even for the wealthy, the problem would be if, if their mortgage rate increased by 2000 mm. a month, then all of a sudden that does impact on your household income and, and expenditure patterns. And then you see a, a glut of properties returning to the market for sale. And then you see the imbalance of supply and demand. And then you end, in a, end up in a different market. I think we're seeing very different things. And I think it's a very different scenario when you think about, when you look at the number of mortgages granted uh, in the last 12 months compared to pre-pandemic levels and also you know especially compared to the 2006 when there were like three times as many mortgages that's mm-hmm. encouraging when people are looking for evidence of the market being a stable market i see that as an encouraging piece of piece of news really and particularly with the way that mortgages are structured now in terms of the qualification and also the fact that fixed rates are, are certainly the, the you know the choice and recommendation of most banks then that's good that's good because it, it should mean that no one's going to get a nasty shock yeah, absolutely. No, the, that's all very positive. And um, but what? It, nevertheless, you know, most people need mortgage financing to purchase. Not in Marbella, and not if they're Belgian, but you know, most Spaniards and a lot of people. But also, it's been rational to buy with a mortgage with mortgage when you can get long-term fixed interest rates at close to, close to two percent. Uh, it's and, been absolutely yeah. rational to take as much credit get as much credit borrowed money as you can even if you don't need it just because money's basically being i mean inflation's at what it what you know we've been near 10 percent. so you're being gift it's a gift and, and also you know mortgages are still cheap i, I remember you know Amazingly I'm, I'm, cheap. I'm yeah i mean i'm old enough to to remember the bad old days of you know 15 20 percent interest rates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now we're at what three and a half four percent something like that yeah on average yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably where it should be um mm-hmm. because what it means if, even if you have the cash it's actually, if you can make more than 4% elsewhere with your savings, then why not mm-hmm. take advantage of, the, of, of a mortgage? You're going to be effectively, you know, cash flowing yourself. So mm-hmm. the people that I speak to kind of in the know, in the finance game, they say, look, Sean, you know, mortgages, this is still cheap money. It's just that we've got so used to it being almost free money that we're, yeah. now, we're now bulking at it. And actually, it's still a pretty good deal. Yeah, it, by historical standards, money is dirt, still very cheap today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's different in the US, but in Spain and the Eurozone, you can still buy, you can still borrow. I mean, I don't know because I, I just see the average figures, but, you know, they're pretty low. I don't know what the reality, if you, I mean, what are your la- most recent, do you know in recent examples of clients of yours who've taken them, or what kind of a rate did they get? 
It, it, it varies from client to client and their, mm. their affordability and all those sorts of things. But they're still, I mean, I, I haven't got the, the data to hand, but they're, they're still getting good deals. You know, they're, because what we, what we tend to do with most of our clients is rather, and this is for another, another debate, but what we tend to do with most of our clients is we introduce them to a, to a broker, a specialist broker, mm-hmm. who can help them find the lender for them. Because not every lender is the same. You know, there are, you'll know there are some Spanish banks that are very traditional. You know, they won't think outside the box. And then there are others who, who will. So when I applied for my mortgage, I think we put the application into three or four different banks. And honestly, the, the, the diff, I, I think two rejected me because I was self-employed. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, it was a wildly different, different offer. So mm-hmm. I think it always pays to, to pay that little bit extra to a, to a broker rather than just approach your bank who you've dealt with for years. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's somebody down the road probably with a better deal for you. Yeah, you know, as long as as long as the, 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 the paperwork stacks up and the figures stack up in terms of your eligibility, then what a lot of brokers do now is they put your case forward to two or three companies and get the companies, the banks, to fight to fight for the business, which is actually quite interesting. And you've got to remember that, yeah, although people want mortgages, the banks want to lend money as well. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is how they, they make money. So mm-hmm. they, they want, you know, they have targets as well to, you know, to lend to people. So it, it's it, again time for another for another debate on this but it's a, it's an interesting dynamic going on in the mortgage market mm-hmm. no yeah absolutely so you would recommend in terms of tips mm. what would you re- i mean if you want to buy i mean it's still cheap to get a if so if you can get a mortgage if you've got a good credit score and you want to take yep. advantage of that and you're going to yep. buy a property in spain with prices what they are um if you don't you know, like you say, the Belgians, they're just hostile to the idea of, of getting into debt, but people who are not, de- you know, that debt averse and you want to take advantages of still cheap money, what's the best way to go about it if you're buying property? I would speak to your agent and find out if they have any introductions to local mortgage brokers who can speak your language and who can sit down with you or they can do a, a, a Zoom with you as we're doing and talk about the finances. And my advice to clients is be honest. You know, don't keep those skeletons in the closet. If you've got 15 different loans for 15 different cars that you've got on your driveway, you need you need to come clean because the banks are going to mm. see it. You know, the banks are going to want pay slips. They're going to want um, bank statements. They're going to want a credit report. So they will see these loans. They're not stupid. They will see this debt. So be upfront and honest with your broker because it may be that your broker knows a bank who will be more sympathetic to your needs uh, and all mm-hmm. those, fif- those 15 car loans, they might, they might look at it in a, in a slightly different way. But I would always use a broker. I did, I'm based here, I know a lot of banks, but I still used a broker and paid their fee. Be- and I got a, well, at the time it felt like a good deal. You know, with the market being a little bit heated at the moment, people are competing for properties. And if you're not in a position to, to act decisively and quickly on a property that you fall in love with, you're going to lose that property to someone who's in a better position than you. This happened to me as well. I was slightly behind the market. I didn't have all the ducks in a row and people were beating me to properties because they were cash buyers or they were mortgage approved, ready to go. So my advice to people would be invest that time speaking to an expert, find out, find out how much you can afford. Because until you do speak to someone, you really don't know, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of in terms of how much a bank will lend. And then you can go into the market knowing that you've got agreement in principle. You've got probably some cash in the bank for a deposit. And if you see something that you love and you've got a, two or three other buyers in the frame as well, at least you're in pole position. You can go bang. Yes, I want it. And honestly, from personal experience in this market, I've seen that happen to two or three people recently who just weren't quite ready to commit and they've lost they've lost properties. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like get your mortgage financing 
visibility get that all sorted out so you're not wasting your own time or other people's time that's one of the first steps to to look at if you're going to use mortgage financing make that the first thing to try and clarify absolutely and i also think even if you're not thinking of using uh, a mortgage just explore the opportunity because as i say there might be something more interesting that you can do with your cash that will make you more money than you're paying on the on the on the mortgage you know and these are you know we're getting into investment territory here which is not Mm -hmm. my bag but you know the 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 fact that we have multi-millionaire clients who still use the bank's money says everything you need to know about their view of how cheap finance is at the moment Mm -hmm. sure yeah absolutely but also bear in mind that taking out a mortgage that's like there's pros and cons and you have to weigh them all up Taking out a mortgage comes with a bunch of costs as well. There's like extra fees, uh, stamp duty, the notary. Everyone likes to charge a fee whenever you do anything. And um, mortgages come with some, some costs as that. But if, if the bigger, once you've taken those into account and you look and then, but obviously the most important thing is that the cost of money, not just the transaction costs, but there are transaction costs associated to taking out mortgages as well. There are, although those have been lessened with this government in, in power, obviously having a socialist government, they, they've kind of forced a lot of those costs back onto the banks. Now, you're probably paying for it in a roundabout way anyway, as all consumers yeah. end up doing. But the fact is, there's probably never not been, well, <laughs> there has been a better time to get a mortgage in Spain. But mm. in terms of how easy it is to, to actually go through the process, get it, and the costs involved, there's probably not, hasn't been a better time to get a mortgage. And Spain is, is, is very kind of user-friendly now with mortgages. It used to be that that wasn't the case, but now it's, it's competitive. It's, it's right up there in terms of offering the best deals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's worth exploring. Even if you're dead set against it, you're sat in Brussels and you're like, no, no, no. Have a look at it. Have a look at yeah. it. It costs, it costs you nothing to, to do the research. Absolutely. And from time to time, I see comparisons with, say, Portugal. It's, and the impression I get is that the Spanish mortgage market is more transparent and has better deals than and significantly more uh, in favor of borrowers than the Portuguese market. I, I found that as well. And I, I think it's one of those things, you know, people, you know, the Spanish always think that, Portugal is like the poor relation in terms of, of infrastructure and mm-hmm. ability to do things. And I think it's, it's a little bit true. It's like the UK is behind the US. I mm-hmm. think Portugal is a little bit behind Spain in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, getting yeah, on top of catching things. Catching up. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, it's true. I mean, it used to be the case here in Spain that you go to the notary's office and people were typing with one finger because the, you know, the sister was off and she'd just come in to help out. And mm-hmm. it's a bit like that in Portugal sometimes as well. I think it's improved. <laughs> it's improved in Spain. But you can mm-hmm. see that Portugal's just a, just a few years kind of behind. Um, and mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, that applies generally uh, when it comes to, to business and, and commerce. And I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think the Spanish just are a little bit more transparent and a little bit more commercial in their thinking at the moment thank you so much mark for uh, making the effort to uh, to join me today uh, i'll let you get back to Always the sun. A pleasure and yeah. i will see you next time obviously if anyone has any thoughts comments criticisms whatever please yeah. just uh, email us or, or, or any subjects video. they would like people yes. would like us to um to uh, we've had a few suggestions and we always do, we do always do get around to them yes i know i know so if anyone has any ideas do let us know Anyway, very good. Many, many thanks. You take care. Thanks, Anne. Sure. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.